we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 19th, 2014. <clears throat> Next report is uh, registered nurses call for highest standards for protective equipment, including hazmat suits and training. This is a press release from United or National Nurses United from <clears throat> one week ago. 10, 12, 14, seems to be the most current release. I checked the website. So, I, obviously, some things could have changed between now and then, but at the time, this was a week ago, in a recent press release from National Nurses United, we see that 2,000 RNs, registered nurses, at more than 750 facilities in 46 states and the District of Columbia were surveyed, and the results are chilling. 76% say their hospital has not communicated to them any policy regarding potential admission of patients infected with Ebola. 85% say their hospital has not provided education on Ebola with the ability for nurses to interact and ask questions. So again, they're, they're keeping as much of the medical staff that are going to be on the front lines, that are on the front lines for this, as in the dark as possible up until when I guess they probably can't keep them in the dark much more. You know, like when they actually admit it. That's when they'll probably get their their heads up, you know, on this. 37% say their hospital has insufficient current supplies of eye protection, uh, which would be face shields uh, or side shields with goggles for daily use on their unit. 36% say there are insufficient supplies of fluid-resistant and permeable gowns in their hospital. 39% says the hospital does not have plans to equip isolation rooms with plastic-covered mattresses and pillows and discard all linens after use. Only 8% said they were aware that their hospital does have such a plan in place. So, <clears throat> that <clears throat> they're really in the crosshairs of the first ones that are going to be uh, potentially contracting Ebola. And again, all by design. And uh, we're going to be looking at this further now with, with the nurses and the doctors. It has all been well proven that the U.S. had sufficient time since December of 2013 to put protocols in place for Ebola's inevitable appearance in America. Yet, despite multiple warnings from those that are now on the front lines, doctors and nurses, it, has been, um, it hasn't been done, and hospitals all across America are still completely unprepared for any type of massive outbreak, which leads us to the obvious question of why, which is, we've covered that before. Then you also have <clears throat> the fact of what we reported on in part one of this teaching with the MD that developed a successful drug that basically had, you know, 100% or close to it kill rate for Ebola. And um, that was introduced two weeks before the, the outbreak, the first outbreaks. And, you know, total suppression, total silence, total, we're not even going to acknowledge you, you exist by the government and the major media outlets and all these supposed organizations claiming to fight it. So that's what we're seeing here. We know they expected something because DART teams, which are disaster assistance response teams, were notified months ago to prepare to be activated in the month of October and that EMS and hospitals would be overwhelmed as reported on October 4th, 2014. Now, I talked about those DART teams in an earlier study as well. <clears throat> if you key in DART, D-A-R-T, you'll probably find that. In the, just go to contendingfortruth.com and key that into the... Keyword search. So we talked about that at length as well. Okay, more uh, <clears throat> emails from the, the Q alerts. 
And this one says, <clears throat> Just returned from Albany, New York, where I went to say goodbye to my girls. Their mother, my ex, is a nurse manager at a major teaching hospital in Albany. Albany, New York. Well, well, Thursday, around 5.30, the hospital called a mandatory emergency meeting about Ebola. They asked for volunteers to take care of Ebola patients that come in there. <laughs> Nobody would volunteer. And it appears there is much dissent in the nursing ranks as the administration was sort of threatening them that they have an obligation to take care of Ebola patients. Even though they've had no real training, they don't have the proper equipment to take care of it, they've had, you know, all of these things that we just cited are lacking, which is all by design to make sure they get it. You know, they have every right to do that. And, and you know, I thank God that they are doing this because, like I said, there needs to be major, major pushback regarding this. That the masses of people are not just going to go along with whatever this um, this demonic administration that's in the White House is going to try to implement through their various uh, ways they can influence, you know, the hospitals and the CDC and things of this nature. So, uh, <clears throat> then he, he goes on to say, seems more than a few my ex included, will simply quit working if they try to force them to take care of Ebola patients. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> can't blame them, and, and it most likely would be, you know, <clears throat> the smartest thing to do regarding, from a personal risk standpoint, I mean, unless they're going to put them in positive pressure suits and get them the right kind of training and these types of things, but that's not going to happen, most likely. I believe this attitude of nurses, they're to reflect the nurses countrywide. Now, again, we just reported from this uh, nurses uh, National Nurses United press release. Yeah, the nurses are <clears throat> are all over this. It sounds like to me. I mean, way more than the average public is what I'm saying here. So let's go further here. Uh, uh, when this Ebola spreads, we shall see massive numbers of already short nurses and other healthcare professionals quitting their jobs. I mean, the shortage of nurses. Not nurses that are actually short. Which, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Anyway, just kidding. Um, so yeah, nurse shortages, and other healthcare professionals quitting their jobs. Yeah. Absolutely. Next report. <clears throat> and again, these are these are individual emails from different people that have, that have sent in things. Uh, I was at a group last week when one of the men got a call from the FEMA contractor for which he had subcontracted, most recently in response to Hurricane Sandy. He stated that FEMA had just formed a number of hospital contracts, and then he was ordered to report to New York City, I believe on Monday morning, which would be tomorrow. He and his wife packed their things and left immediately. He is a specialist in hospital operations. This seems to validate the above story and indicate that FEMA knows something is about to go down there. There's been um, <clears throat> There was a report the other night on... I don't know if this is the CDC, but they were saying New York City, get ready. Get ready. You know. <clears throat> so, you have that as well. Next one. Next report there. And the title of that, of the one I just read was, Here's a heads-up confirmation regarding New York City being next in play and CDC warning them. Looks like FEMA is, going, is maybe going to get ready to set up field hospitals or vaccine stations. Well, again, you know, the vaccine, now, I heard Jones say the other day that they said they could roll one out by December, which would be a month forward from what I had stated earlier. Now, this is according to what they were saying before on these experimental, untested 
devil vaccines that they're bound to release, which will be the absolute total um, <clears throat> instrument of humanity's destruction if they so choose to take this uh, toxic vaccine from the pit of hell. I mean, d- don't think I'm against it, I mean, but, you know, just my opinion. Let's go further here. <clears throat> um, this is the next one from the Cueler. Stephen, hope this gets to you. Just got off the phone with, quote, the guy, whoever that is. The plan is this. They will issue ID cards for first responders first. Okay. It will contain personal data and inoculation records. Meaning these first responders are, are going to be like the people on the front lines for, you know, in the hospital, I believe, and the, these, these um, CDC SWAT teams that we're going to talk about in a little bit here. They're going to be issued ID cards. Okay. That will contain personal data inoculation records. Next is the issuance of ID cards to regular U.S. citizens. Vials of vaccines will have barcodes on them. Lot numbers. As you are inoculated, a printed sticker with a lot number and the person who, who administered the dose will be applied to your ID card. The ID card will have to be presented at all businesses, run through the standard credit debit card scanners. No current inoculation, no service. Well, I would go further and just say no current inoculation. They call the the uh, SWAT team in on you, the uh, goon squad, whatever you want to call them, because you're not being a good, compliant citizen. So you need to you need to go bye bye. <clears throat> this is where this is all heading. If it if it goes to its logical conclusion, I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just I'm telling you this is what they want to do. Look at all the things that I just covered in the first part of the teaching, how they're making sure that this is spreading. And they've got no real viable... They've got, obviously, a drug that would cure it. They've probably got multiple things that will, that will cure this, but none of that's going to be released. Salvation will be presented in the form of some vaccine that will be far worse from a spiritual standpoint than the Ebola itself, is what I believe. This toxic witchcraft brew of... <clears throat> devil garbage that they're going to inject into people. That's what you really need to to avoid at all costs. And I mean at all costs. Abandoned and underutilized malls and shopping centers will be reconformed or reconfigured as intake centers, medical evaluation centers, decontamination and housing facilities. So kind of keep an eye on that. that. There was an article, there was a report the other night on... um, CDC trailers uh, in Hickory, North Carolina, which is basically around where I'm at. And um, I went out looking for them because it kind of indicated that they were um, uh, maybe behind a Walmart, which I'm totally convinced Walmart is is yoked up with Homeland Security and will play a major part in whatever they're going to try to implement. They weren't behind there, and then I went back and I checked the comments, and it was behind a uh, furniture outlet. And they were saying that they're there once a year for whatever. That, I hope that's true, and, and I think that is. Um, but definitely, um, you know, I think that you're going to see prepositioning of equipment. You're going to see, uh, now if there's any places, like I had talked about before, the, the, the FEMA camps that could be right in the middle of your hometown. There's one here in Conover, North Carolina, and, and it's a big, um, it's right on the side of a, ra- a railroad track. I go by there. You know, every once in a while, just to kind of check it out. And all the barbed wire's facing in in the back. They could house thousands of people back there. 
Granted, the barbed wire fence is not anything super substantial, but we got confirmation the other night, late at night, they were um, moving in what appeared to be heavy-duty fencing into the factory. They haven't implemented it yet, but heavy-duty fencing, potentially. So um, we got confirmation on that, and I got in my car right then and drove over there. And as soon as I drove in the back of this place, this, this um, I mean, they're... they're uh, Chain link fence wide open, you drive right in there. I've done it before. You can you you can do it to cut through there. As soon as I drove in there, guess what? Mr. Undercover Cop Car starts roving around coming toward me. So I just kind of casually did a 360 or a 180 and just casually drove out of there. He didn't follow me. I think he's just there to make sure people don't snoop around or whatever. And I mean I I tend to go to these places. If I hear something, I just tend to go right there. You know, which I'm not saying, I'm not advising to do what I do, but that's kind of what I do. And, you know, um, but that confirmed to me, what is an undercover cop car doing here in a place that's really, it's like no risk? I mean, as far as the, the business facade that it presents itself to be. What is he doing there in the middle of the night? I mean, a cop car? Undercover? You know? So... That really, I really believe, and it's right on this on the side of the railroad tracks that cuts right through Conover, North Carolina. And um, they've built all kind of new structures right in this general vicinity. And uh, I believe that they're going to use all those structures that they've built. The ones they, one is their new public library, and then a couple other businesses. They're building another one, and then this one on the other side of the tracks. Literally. I mean, I'm talking, it's right on the side of the railroad tracks. And that railroad is in use every day. So that's just going on in my neck of, of the little woods here. And so I'm seeing stuff happening. And um, so bear that in mind. This is stuff I've seen with my own eyes so far. Uh, just something to think about, something to pray about, something to kind of keep an eye out for, and um, to pray against, really, is, is the biggest thing, I believe, regarding this stuff. So let's go further. Obama announces CDC SWAT teams to round up infected people. So this just happened. I put this out the other night. President Obama who has notably ignored our open southern border, welcomed illegal aliens, and refused to institute a travel ban from Ebola-ridden countries, and has a hardcore solution for Americans who are potentially suffering from Ebola. He'll just increase the police state another notch, even though they're creating the problem, so they'll also notch up their police state. Well, obviously, that's what you would do if you were evil. Um, and, again, there, you can click on this and actually hear the video, but there's I don't want to play it. It's... What he says at the very beginning is this quote, Obama, and this just happened the other day. What I have directed the CDC to do is that as soon as someone is diagnosed with Ebola, then we want a rapid response team. Well, then why weren't these people on these planes when these passengers were getting vomited on? But no, they were just let go. Yeah, this is all a facade. This is just to basically come after the good guys, I believe, because they're trying to spread this. They're going to come after people under the guise of Ebola that are probably on this red and blue list that they've wanted to... So this will be the excuse. Oh, 
what what are the na- what are the neighbors going to know? How are they going to know any different? They're not going to know any different. I mean, unless they're really familiar with the person, you know, they're they're like, well, no, they they nobody was sick in that family, and then they show up, but then you know. So he says, what I have directed the CDC to do is that as soon as someone is diagnosed with Ebola, then we want a rapid response team, a SWAT team essentially from the CDC, to be on the ground as quickly as possible, hopefully within 24 hours. So we know if this devil's behind it, then it's purely for evil means. So we got that. Now, this just came out today. Military preps quick strike team for Ebola response in the United States. The U.S. military is forming a 30-person, quote, quick strike team equipped to provide direct treatment to Ebola patients inside the United States, a Defense Department official told Barbara Starr on Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and play this CNN video that just came out today. CNN has learned the Defense Department is preparing a military quick strike team that will go anywhere in the United States to help with any cases of Ebola that might arise. I want to bring in CNN Pentagon correspondent Barbara Starr. She's on the phone now. And uh, Barbara, President Obama had said he wanted aggressive action. What are these strike teams designed to do? Well, hi, Deborah. What we're talking about here is the Department of Health and Human Services this week said to the Pentagon, we may need help. And the Pentagon responded and now has is in the process of assembling Some are calling it a quick strike team. Some are calling it a rapid response team. Whatever you want to call it, this is a team for the... Now notice, this is the the Pentagon spokesperson, this Barbara Starr. And and hopefully we've proven in this study alone, not to mention all of the other hundreds of studies I've done, that the government's pure evil. And that their intention is to try to kill us and to lie to us and do as much evil to us as possible. So bear in mind, whatever she's saying is a lie. Okay, it's not about curing Ebola, it's about spreading it, and, and I again believe that ultimately this will be used as an excuse for these, these, uh, pickup lists that, that they want to try to implement. So I, I don't believe a word out of this woman's mouth. First time, of military medical professionals. They will go to Fort Sam Houston in Texas, get trained up within the next couple of days, and be ready to deploy if civilian health authorities, the CDC, whatever, uh, says we need help in this particular location, they'll name a location, the team will be able to go there. The team, 30 people, is going to be made up of five doctors, 20 nurses, and five so-called trainers, people in the military who are very highly trained in how, how to deal with this issue of personal protective equipment, how to be compliant with the procedures on how that personal protective gear is used so that healthcare workers are protected and more cases don't erupt from healthcare workers getting the virus. Um, the team orders are to be ready to deploy anywhere in the United States within 72 hours of getting orders. So for the first time now, we've seen military people travel to West Africa to help there, but for the first time now, we're seeing things being put in place for military personnel to help here in the United States if and when they get the order to go. Deborah? And, Barbara, these five doctors, 20 nurses, and these uh, effective compliance trainers, have they been trained to work together? Do they know what the response is supposed to be? And and is this an area of specialty? Isn't that one of the criticisms, ultimately, that, that everyone is learning on the job? 
Well, I think to some extent, absolutely. Um, it, you know, this has just all really emerged uh, in the last hour or so that the Pentagon was putting this together. My understanding from the sources I've spoken to in the last several minutes is they will go to this uh, military base in Texas very rapidly. They're identifying the people now. They will get trained up. They will very quickly learn to work together as a team. That is what the U.S. military does. And they do have people that know uh, how to do this, how to basically respond rapidly in a crisis. But I think your point is very fair and very well taken. Um, this country really hasn't dealt with this sort of issue before, uh, recently at least, and so everybody's a little bit learning on the job. The military has one critical advantage, which is, people will tell you, is if this erupts into a full-blown crisis, they can assemble large numbers of personnel, equipment, aircraft, medical capability, and move it anywhere in the country very quickly that it might be needed. It, it's the one part of the United States government that can just really respond very, very quickly. And so they hope they're not going to get... So this is preparing us to have the military in charge on the streets of America and for the American populace to embrace that with open arms. If they were just to declare martial law without a reason like this, okay, with, you know, something like Ebola or some kind of health, they would, they would face a lot more resistance. That is if people weren't in the know. And, again, that's what we're trying to do is create as much public awareness about what the real agenda is here because, obviously, they could have had this thing snuffed out a long time ago with the one drug that we mentioned at the very beginning. But, no, it's being, it's being mushroomed into this gigantically huge situation that, ultimately, because they're doing this, you know that they have some type of evil agenda, and, and it's becoming more obvious by the day. It calls into action, but they will be ready to go if they do. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of a, a very big if. Um, if more cases are diagnosed, the equivalent, uh, effectively, of military boots on the ground. But, Barbara, is, it, is there any suggestion as to where uh, these doctors and nurses would operate out of? Would they be given hospital privileges, for example? Would they work in tandem with doctors who are treating individuals? Is this about quarantine? Have they given you any further? I know it's just new, and you, you're breaking this news on our air. But, but are, is there any specifics of, or logistics? of how this works, what it looks like. Well, all I can tell you is, you know, legally in the United States, the United States military, the active duty force, uh, always, if they are called to do something in the United States, legally they are always in support of civilian authorities, whether it's a city that may be having a flood or a state that's fighting a wildfire or a medical crisis that the federal government and state governments are, are trying to fight. So they will be in support of civilian medical authorities. They will go, if they are ordered, where they are asked to go. This is Support? No, they're going to be in command. Okay? <laughs> it's not the other way around. You know, not to be flip about it, there's no military martial law uh, in play here. Oh, well, that's easy to say now at this juncture, but that could all change in a week if things escalated, if, if, if they started giving any kind of true numbers of what might be really going on. You know, we could have that script flipped real quick. 
but it is going to be quite interesting because, of course, civilian hospitals do have those separate issues of hospital privileges and their accredited personnel. Uh, I'm going to tell you, we don't know at this point exactly how all those issues will be worked out. But what we do know is over the last several days, as the president has been... It'll be worked out at gunpoint. That's <laughs> what it's going gonna, gonna, it's gonna to boil down to when things start getting really bad and really desperate. They'll be given, you know, orders uh, by the military to do what they're told or face, you know, jail or, or, or whatever another nefarious thing they could come up with. Meeting with his advisors, all the p- portions of the federal government really have been told to look for a more aggressive response to the Ebola situation. And our sources are telling us that over the last several days, this is what the Pentagon uh, and HHS, Health and Human Services, have come up with, that the Pentagon would have the ability to offer some additional medical capability and medical capacity if it's needed. So there we had that lie. Um, Not to say it's not going to be implemented, but this whole whitewashing of the true agenda behind this stuff is just unbelievable. Uh, You might have heard White House has, uh, Obama has appointed his new Ebola czar. And after a CNN reporter asked White House Press Secretary Josh Earnest what experience this new Ebola czar, Ron Klon, or Klain, has with Ebola, Ernest said the White House wasn't looking for an expert on Ebola. Of course, we don't want anybody that knows anything about it. We want somebody that's going to do, that has already sold a soul to Satan, that has already worked with us in the past, prove that he is loyal to Satan, and will do whatever he is told. And 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 will sell out the, the American people once again. And um, that's what they're looking for, and that's what they got with this with this devil that they just put in here. To more directly address your question, what what we were looking for is not an Ebola expert, but rather an implementation expert. And that's exactly what Ron Klain is. This um, White House press, press Secretary Josh Earnest said, in other words, the federal official heading up the federal response to Ebola knows nothing about the disease. Okay. Earlier today, President Obama appointed Klain, a Democrat Party insider and former chief of staff, to President Joe Biden to lead the nation's Ebola response. Klain does not have a medical or health background. Um, the appointment brought nearly universal condemnation. Uh, Representative Andy Harris of, I believe, Maryland wrote... The worst Ebola epidemic in the world, world history, and President Obama puts a government bureaucrat with no health care experience in charge. Is he serious? For a complete write-up on this slime bag, you can click on this report, and it's the Great Father's Ebola Solution, More Government Corruption. And I just read... The thing is, I was going to go into this, but it's a huge, huge report on this guy. All of the corrupt ties that this guy has to, like... Obama's and Clinton and Biden's and in in Solyndra and all of the wicked underhand stuff he's been a part of and involved in, and he's the perfect guy for like cover-ups and you know all of this garbage. So if you wanna if you wanna know more about that, there's a link here. It'll be on page uh, about nine or ten, and it's called the Great Father's Ebola Solution: More Government Corruption, which is what this 
Klein guy brings to the table. Just more government corruption. Meanwhile, U.S. soldiers are only receiving four hours of training on Ebola before deploying to West Africa nations struck hardest by the virus, which amounts to little more than putting on latex gloves and zipping up protective suits. But don't worry, the Pentagon claims that nearly 4,000 troops being sent to Africa will be, quote, kept safe from the disease, even though health officials can't keep Ebola from spreading in the U.S. And I just had to kind of throw this in. Obama hits the links, meaning the golf course, with ESPN host. President Obama's hitting the links on Saturday. This just happened yesterday. Joined by ESPN commentator Tony Kornheiser. After a hectic week in the White House in response to the Ebola outbreak, it shows him here on the golf course, the Satan himself playing around at golf. You know, he won't be able to play golf at hell, though. You know, he won't be able to get in all, all these these unbelievable amount of rounds he has of golf in hell. And I just don't think they have golf courses in hell. Anyway, and then we have Obama golfs for four hours, forty minutes on four hours and forty minutes on Saturday. Then holds a nighttime Ebola meeting with which new Ebola czar skips. So, Mr. New Ebola czar, the totally unqualified, unconcerned, evidently Ebola czar, he's skipping meetings already. He's just like his buddy Obama. President Obama's new Ebola czar, Ron Klain, has skipped another White House meeting on Ebola crisis. A, re- a readout of who attended a Saturday meeting with Obama shows this. So, you know, hey, who cares? It's no big deal. Um, Ebola hoax. Hidden purpose of the operation. Behind every created pandemic, there is a number of agendas in play. And again, I'm not saying Ebola is a hoax from the standpoint there's nothing to it, but the, the, the truth we're not getting, okay? Um, in this case, the globalist heavy hitters who are dedicated to managing the planet view things this way. Use a crisis to build a larger structure than previously existed, as in a one global healthcare system all-encompassing. See, this is the end game for all this. is one of the end games. Death and destruction, you got to throw that in there too, but a one global healthcare system all-encompassing. And also getting rid of all of their... their um, or trying to get rid of as many enemies as possible under the guise of medical martial law, which will, they'll go under the cover of these um, Ebola SWAT teams and this first response teams now that they're coming out with and the military being on the street. It's the perfect cover to institute these types of roundups. I, I don't, I, I really think that that's a huge um, agenda. I mean, they know if they just try and say, okay, everybody, turn in your guns. That's going to go really badly. Okay? Um, that's going to not be... No. That's not going to work out too good for them. Whereas this way, they can, you know, fudge all the news and come out trying to smell like a rose much more than they would if they just tried to implement gun confiscation. Which is always the precursor to mass murder of any... Society, you can look at that since, you know, in the last hundred years. Always. Every single mass murdering dictator always implemented gun confiscation prior to huge mass extermination. Nazi Germany, Pol Pot, um, you, you know, Cambodia, Mao Zedong, the whole nine yards. Uh, Stalin. It's like clockwork. They always take the guns first. So, um, I think this is the excuse they'll use to implement that. Um, in one way, shape, or form. Again, this is all developing still. It's, it's a moment-by-moment thing, and I, I think they're, they're gauging right now how well they can pull this off, how well their plan is going, and um, 
public outcry, you know, that's why I think public outcry is so very important, and also prayer being the most important thing um, regarding this, and getting right with the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and whatever he's convicted you to do in any way, shape, or form, body, soul, spirit, and any kind of protective fashion, um, whether that be provision or bug out location, you know, just being obedient to whatever the Lord is leading you to do. Um, let's go further here. Uh, use a crisis to build a larger structure than previously existed, as in a one-world global healthcare system that is all-encompassing. The future propaganda, uh, quote, we can't defeat Ebola unless all nations form a one-world system that allows prevention and quarantine of immediate treatment anywhere on Earth. See, this is where this is all heading, if Satan gets his way. In that sense, Ebola is the occasion for adding wings to this system. Ditto for every other so-called epidemic. Well, we face down and ultimately defeated Virus X, and this is the rhetoric, but at great cost of human life. Now, we have to build better bridges between the healthcare systems of nations. And finally, we need one great dispensary that adjudicates where drugs and vaccines go. Who... Who is quarantined? Which borders are sealed off at any point on the globe? In other words, that would be a statement they would read after this whole Ebola thing, uh, let's say, is, is on the downside, is, is getting better. They would make that statement after. We're talking about a high-level operation here. The, glo- the globalist dream, a single cradle-to-grave maze every person on Earth follows as a docile patient taking orders, submitting to diagnosis, taking vaccines and drugs, allowing their bodies and minds and energies and strength and independence to be drained away through satanic pharmacia. A single global medical system is the ideal structure of control. Crisis A, build a bigger system. Crisis B, add to that system. Crisis C, add more to the system. Okay, so again, I'm putting this report here nearer the the end of this study, so because we've already looked at, okay, what's going on? Where's it heading? That's why I'm putting this here, because this is kind of showing us where this is all heading if left unchecked, okay? If, if Satan was able to implement everything that he wanted to implement here. So let's go further here. And, of course, invent each crisis. Remember, order out of chaos. That's the motto of the New World Order, to bring the New World Order out of the chaos of the old and the destruction of the old. Uh, The medical crisis is ideal because it seems to involve no political agenda, no partisan position, no motive other than helping those in need. That's what I've always said for a long, long time. It's the ideal way to implement all this stuff that they want to implement. You'll be hearing phrases like the pitfalls of privatized medicine and uncaring corporations, and the UN has to step in to solve the Ebola crisis, and international cooperation. Realize that behind these phrases there is another op in progress, meaning operation, op. At its deepest level, it really has nothing to do with predatory corporations or greedy doctors. At its deepest level, not to say they don't come into play, but it has everything to do with building a medical... uh, building a medical cartel for the entire planet Earth. Which does involve greed, and, and greedy corporations, obviously, but it's, it's about control. You know. Under that system, up the line, a patient would have no choice about whether to accept a diagnosis or to take a drug or a vaccine. They want total control over you, lock, stock, and barrel, body, soul, and spirit, in every way, shape, and form. That's the only thing Satan will, will be satisfied with. And then your destruction. 
The watchword will be compliance for the greater good. Over the past hundred years, no force has been more powerful in shaping modern medicine than the Rockefeller Empire. In the 2003 memoirs, David Rockefeller wrote, quote, Some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists, and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. If that is the charge, I stand guilty and, and am proud of it. End of quote. So they're totally admitting this is what they're trying to do. Rockefeller is acutely aware that one of the prime strategies for building his dream or slash nightmare to fruition is a one-world, all-embracing medical apparatus. There are some who welcome such an enterprise, naively believing it will mean greater health for all. For them, I cite, as I frequently do, Barbara Starfield's Shattering Review, um, which is entitled, Is U.S. Health Really the Best in the World? And there's a link to that if you'd like to see that. Starfield has reviewed, is, was a revered public health expert working at John Hopkins School of Public Health. Her review was published in July 26, 2000 in the Journal of American Medical Association. Starfield concluded every year in the U.S., now this is 2000, every year in the U.S., the medical system directly kills 225,000 people. That's directly. I, I believe that that number is far higher if you look at other indirect ways. Uh, so, 225,000 people every year, that's 2.2 million deaths per decade. I, that's very, very extremely conservative. If you add up all the different ways, the medical system is killing people. Okay. Uh, so imagine, if you will, what would happen if the globalist dream of a one-world healthcare system for the planet came true. Well, again, it's all about getting that population. It's all about depopulating the planet. You know, 500 million, and then I'm sure Satan won't be satisfied with that. He'd want more if he got his way. And don't imagine such a system would involve solving the ongoing endemic causes of death in the world, meaning things like contaminated water, starvation, lack of basic sanitation, poverty. Uh, the World Health Organization has decided, ha, has had decades to make a significant dent in those grinding problems, but they talk, they appoint task forces, they study, they demand the distribution of more toxic medicines and vaccines that push the already compromised immune systems over the cliff, all by design. Africa being kind of ground zero, where all of this beta testing has went on which will now be implemented in the rest of the world. So, uh, next report. And is this the last one? Almost, yeah, this is basically the last report here. Uh, and it's entitled, Ebola, Very Crafty False Flag Vaccination Blackmail. Russia and America have worked in the past militarizing the Ebola virus to be deployable as a bio-warfare weapon. So, is this Ebola virus disease being set up as a false flag operation to create a major pandemic inside America while bringing blame to folks who refuse a new Ebola vaccine, which will soon be rolled out? And again, that's why I'm hitting this so hard now, because there needs to be so much pushback now regarding a vaccine, because it's not something that... If humanity were to rise up, and I'm not saying they were going to, but there could be a certain percentage of humanity that rises up and says, we know what you're doing, 
we know what your agenda is. We know your vaccine is going to be far worse than, than whatever disease that you're trying to implement on us. And it's probably going to be the very thing that spreads it, just like the Spanish flu of 1918-1919, which killed over 50 million people conservatively. And we know your agenda. And, and again, it's, it's about striking now while we can still speak. I mean, hey, if it gets bad and they shut the Internet down and that type of thing, then communications are going to be uh, pretty much cut off for a large extent. I mean, they might, who knows, they might cut off shortwave. They, I don't know. Uh, so let's go further. Will those growing millions who are now routinely refusing all vaccinations and who are notably anti-vaccination be set up as patsies as the Ebola spreads out of control? after it is covertly and fully deployed across America. Can Ebola be covertly deployed to beat down we the people even further, while thinning the herd significantly and frightening Americans into giving up more basic constitutional rights? Remember, a big reason they want to do this as well is there's too many of us to control properly. There's too many. This is a big reason they wanted to populate the planet, because the herd is too big. And as particularly in America, there's too many people with guns and people that are pro-constitution and pro-life and pro-Bible and pro-morality that they those they just they have to try to, to, to get these numbers down significantly so that they can contain people properly. That's what. That's a big reason why they're doing this. We know that the responsible authorities violated acceptable protocols to cut off travel from areas of infection in order to isolate the infected from potential transmission vectors. The most ne- negligent thing any nation's healthcare authorities can do is to provide a free ticket for a lethal virus like Ebola into America, which is exactly what they're doing, and they refuse to stop doing it. Total insanity. Total criminal behavior just on parade every time you turn the TV on. Or, I don't even have a TV, I just see everything via the internet regarding that. Globalist mouthpieces and talking heads have emerged claiming that to cut off travel from the areas in African-affected countries would be tantamount to causing the virus to spread. Again, common core curriculum, 2 plus 2 equals 5. Doesn't make any sense, it's a total lie, but this is how they're trying to get us mentally into that type of mindset. Oh yeah! That lie sounds reasonable. It's a lie, but it sounds reasonable because some fork-tongued devil's saying it, and he's got a suit on, and he's talking in a simpering NPR voice, so he can't be deceiving me. So going further, and so the best way to stop Ebola is to keep travel open from these Ebola-stricken countries to America. That's the best way to stop it. I mean, obviously, it's the worst way, but that's what they're saying. These talking points, which were issued to these state health officials by the CDC big shots are the opposite of known truth about containing such lethal viruses. This kind of leadership from the CDC is basically criminal. Obviously, the state health health officials are getting very bad information from the CDC and placing a great number of Americans at risk for Ebola, when such would not have been necessary at all if travel had been cut off from known infected areas in Africa and anywhere else the virus was not completely isolated and locked down. That by itself would have stopped this. Duncan would have never got here. Okay, supposedly patient zero. So how much has spawned from that already? You know? And so that would have never happened. But obviously we should have let him in here because... You know, letting him in here stopped it, right? I mean, it's, again, it doesn't make any sense at all. But 
you know, this is the brave new world we live in. If any nation wanted to send health care workers to help, they could be sent in proper protocols utilized. This would mean that after their tour of duty was completed, these folks would be could be quarantined in a clean environment in that country for an acceptable period of time greater than the known incubation period of 21 days. There is never any valid reason to give such a lethal virus a plane ticket to America, as has been done and is being done. My guess is that the new Ebola vaccine will be rolled out soon, and that many will refuse it while Ebola is secret, covertly seeded across America. Again, I'm, I gave you all kind of examples of where it's being seeded and how it's being done and how it's being covered up, just in today's study alone. Then, the vaccination refusers will be blamed for it. We'll be the ones blamed for it. It's all our fault. Well, if you get the vaccine, aren't you supposedly protected? Why do you got to worry about me? Who refuses it? You and your family are all protected. You took that satanic uh, cocktail of death. You know? You're good. And this blame will then perhaps be used as an excuse to attack and intern those who don't comply. And how much do you want to, not bet, but how much... <laughs> If you look at that situation, obviously the people in the know, the people that are pro-liberty, pro-constitution, pro-Bible, pro-life, and I don't mean that means they're perfect, but those people that are, that are in the know, that know how wicked the vaccines are, that have done due diligence and research and, and, and discovered the whole thing with the, the New World Order and, and studied their Bibles to confirm that through these types of things. The, the returning veterans, too, that have lived a lot of this terrible stuff that's been implemented on them with the vaccines. Um, those are going to be the very people that are going to be refusing it, and those are the very people, coincidentally enough, that they want to target anyway. So see, this is a real potential win-win for the satanic one-world government slash healthcare system. Because they'll be able to go after the very people that they want eliminated and all under the guise of vaccine refusal. Oh, these terrible people. And which will be, which they'll be demonized if there's not enough public outcry, if there's not enough public education, if people don't get their eyes open enough, they will be demonized to the nth degree and blamed for everything. And people will be like, please, cart them away, get them out of here. They don't, you know, they're going to, they're going to be, that's how we would, we would be viewed, essentially. I just see this coming. I'm, <laughs> I've been, I've been warning about this for a long, long time, and I see no better thing that I've ever seen on the horizon since I've been in this ministry to implement this than this scenario. So, uh, let's go further here. So, just the last sentence. And this blame will then perhaps be used as an excuse to attack and intern those who don't comply, either murdering them in their own homes or taking them to quarantine FEMA camps where they can forcibly be inoculated with vaccines containing Ebola. It is, in fact, it is a known fact that the number of Americans who distrust, distrust vaccines are and are refusing them for themselves and their kids are growing daily. Well, praise God for that. A great deal of negative information has been circulated in the alternative media on the worldwide internet. Much of this information is coming from esteemed medical practitioners and researchers, and even reported on in self in, in respected peer-reviewed journals. You can do some basic research for yourself, but an association between vaccines and autism have been firmly established, and there's a link there to just that one 
one thing about autism. Um, and deaths and disabilities have resulted from also the HPV vaccine, human papillomavirus, uh, which so many hospitals, doctors, nurses, health departments, employers, and schools are pushing. Well, and then you also have all the vaccines that are literally cultured from aborted babies, often aborted baby tissue culture, called human diploid cells, if you look in the PDR, the physician's desk reference. And they're actually doing it more, I think, I think uh, potentially the flu vaccines they've got right now are also off human diploid cells too. Trying to get to that report, but keeps getting pushed back with all of the uh, current events I have to cover every week. So, uh, all vaccines are evil. They're all death, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'm not saying they'll kill you, but I'm saying that these are the most nefarious, evil companies working with the satanic New World Order government that are pushing these vaccines, this ever-increasing vaccine schedule, never-ending. And they have a very evil, satanic intent for you. And I have no idea what kind of curse you're bringing on yourself when you let yourself get injected with this witchcraft brew of toxic pharmacia into your system, particularly if it's been cultured off an aborted baby. Can't be good. So I love you enough to tell you the truth. And the Bible says, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth in Galatians 4.16. So, you know, I would, you know, I, I wouldn't want it done to me. I wouldn't want to not be warned about this stuff. So I, in turn, try to warn people. I'm trying to treat them as I would like to be treated. Okay, so let's go further here. And there are thousands of Gulf War veterans who believe their illness and disabilities were caused by all the experimental vaccines they were required to take. These vaccines were not tested before being used on them. This is criminal beyond words and just as criminal as the continual deployment of depleted uranium weapons and the massive exposures allowed by American soldiers, which has disabled many and created a great deal of death, misery, and hardship for their families. If you don't believe that, go up to YouTube and can Beyond Treason. And um, I believe you'll find that documentary or search for it online. And it's a whole documentary on all the horrific stuff that's been done to the troops in the Middle East. Uh, and um, you'll hear it in their own words. You'll hear from medical doctors, nurses, and people that were literally there working in the military. Going further, do your own research, come to your own conclusions, but consider this. It is crazy to give young children 35 or more vaccinations by the time they're 6 years old. Many of these still contain thimerosal, a form of ethyl mercury, the most neurotoxic substance known to mankind, and one that is known to decrease IQ significantly in children, uh, like lead exposure does. And yet, why was this used? Supposedly as a preservative in group vials, which few would use anyway. Mercury. Okay. I mean, and then they put it in the dental fillings. Oh, isn't that nice? So it seeps out slowly over time and gets into your brain and kills more dendrites in the brain. And then you get in the vaccines and fluoride and in the water and from the dental industry. And, you know, it's one big coordinated effort to dumb us down and to kill us off and to make sure we get crippling diseases and to make sure we die a horrific death. And you have the vaccines. And a lot of these, I really believe, have a spiritual component with the drugs, the pharmacia, the vaccines, and who knows what they're doing to defile you from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, can't be good. Sure can't be good. 
And Satan loves to operate in the darkness. He loves when you bring curses on yourself and you're not even aware of it. That's why the Bible says, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Okay? In Hosea 4, 6. And then it says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, thou shalt be a priest to me no more, and I will also reject your children. Essentially, that's what it says. You read it. So, you don't, you gotta be careful what knowledge you're rejecting, you know? There's a lot of garbage out there, but this type of stuff that we're getting into, you know, you look at it and you can go and you can verify the stuff on vaccines, the research, and it's pure evil. And we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. That's what the Bible says in the New Testament. So, um, these are things to think about. Let's go further here. Uh, A growing number of experts believe that the use of mercury was a conscious decision to dumb down the populace and keep them from rebelling, just like the addition of industrial waste from gypsum, aluminum, and uranium industries, the compound known as fluoride. It was used in Nazi internment camps and in the Russian Bolshevik gulags to minimize escape attempts and rebellions. Why? Because it burns out your lower brain lobes, which is your will to resist, and it creates a docile, dumbed-down, I think that's why when you see a lot of pictures of when they went in to liberate Nazi concentration camps, the, the, the people that they showed there, the Jews that were on the... Now, granted, I understand, they probably hadn't had a decent meal in who knows how long, but they looked like... A lot of times the expression on their face was like they didn't even care. Like they just they just looked sad and just beaten down. and I mean, not like they're so... I mean, some of them were happy, but a lot of them were like... Uh, like you know, whatever, you know, and it's like, I I really believe that they had their brains totally damaged with fluoride, Um, and obviously it made it much more, um, put it this way, if if you've got this fluoride in your system at a a high level, and it makes you docile, and and it burns out your lower brain lobes, which is your will to resist, then... Uh, you're not going to have near. You're not going to have put up near as much of a fight when they're taking you out in, into the into the uh, gas chambers, or when they're taking you out in the field to mass execute you. You're not going to have. Did you see a lot of those people in those in the video footage of those? I don't see a lot of people fighting back. I don't see a lot of people, you know, like any kind of human survival instinct really kicking in. Okay, now they just kind of go to their deaths. A lot of, I mean, the, the footage I've seen, the, the pictures that I've seen, I'm not saying that always happened, but I think fluoride had a lot to do with it. You know? Uh, or at least a good part. You know, it definitely played a, a nice big part in it. Uh, we also know the U.S. military spent millions on working on long-acting stealth viruses just do an internet search. These viruses are deployed to sit idly by and later be activated through other viruses. Now, we got talked about this last week. We talked about binary and tertiary agents to activate something that they already put into your body. We know that the Pentagon has been financing multi-million dollar projects to v- develop a vaccine which will alter the brain to reduce fundamental religious behavior. Can you say partial lobotomy, destruction of the soul? So, there will be a new Ebola vaccine soon rolled out to act as a catalyst for the long-acting viruses already vaccinated into many Americans through the yearly flu vaccines. And who knows what other vaccines. And you gotta, you got to think about the chemtrails as well. 
and it will induce a partial brain lobotomy to reduce fundamental religious behavior. And will it reduce? We don't know. To reduce fundamental religious behavior, which the USG uh, defines as domestic terrorism. Fundamental religious behavior is considered by the government, our government, as domestic terrorism, particularly if it's Christian-based. Okay. The following video clip leaked by Pentagon Good Guys shows just how serious the U.S. Army has been about coming up with a biowarfare to reduce extremism and any belief in God Almighty. Now, there in, in this video, and I've played this before, on this Funvax, where they snuck into this Pentagon uh, lecture that was being held, uh, they're talking primarily about Muslims. Okay, which which is ironic because our own government's been the one behind funding the most extreme elements of them, like ISIS and these types of things over the years. Um, and then they just turn them loose and, 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 you know, let them do all of the death and destruction that they're, they're doing. Because they are being fundamental to their faith. So they're talking about it like, we're going to change these Muslims, but this would be, I think, something they would really want to primarily target Christians with, because... The Muslims are doing the work of Satan on the planet, particularly the ones like in ISIS. And the, they're doing Satan's work. That is near and dear to Satan's black, cold heart. Okay. Um. So there's no there's no real reason to use it on them. They're they're doing Satan's bidding. They're doing his work. Whereas Christians, they're the ones that need to go, according to Satan. They're the real enemies of Satan. So I, I think that. Um, this would be much more applied to uh, Christians. Here we're going to hear the video. That's the intro. What you are about to hear is not science fiction or conspiracy theory, but a glimpse of what is going on behind the closed doors of the United States Pentagon. In a small auditorium, Labeled BC 232. Now remember, this is the same Pentagon that just made the the announcement that I played with Barbara Starr about them going to they're they're going to be implementing these um, basically these rapid response teams. I, I think these might have something to do with the SWAT teams that the uh, Ebola or Obama talked about earlier. When I, I I played that quote from him, or I, I read the quote from him about these SWAT teams. So this is the same Pentagon that, that's in charge of this. So again, we're, we're talking about, you know, one of the most satanic areas of the government here. A man is presenting a discussion on how the military-industrial complex can spread a virus and use a vaccine to extinguish what the Pentagon calls undesirable human behavior. Specifically, in this case, religious behavior. This is dark science, my friends. With all the mandatory vaccine programs in the United States, do not be deceived for a moment that something like this will not or possibly hasn't already been used on the American public. Let's take a look, shall we? Excuse me, on the left over here, we have individuals who are religious fun fundamental. This is dated 4 
So nine years ago, I'm assuming it says 919, I'm assuming this is in the morning, uh, it has in the upper left corner DOD ID 149A72, um, I don't know, location, Pentagon room BC232, and it has a guy up here, a presenter, doing a PowerPoint presentation, he's only got about, and it shows the crowd, uh, not much of a crowd. It's only, and I, I can't imagine you you would play a video like this to a large group of people. Uh, but it shows about uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven people in front of him. The guy making the recording. I want to give you a little background. Plus religious fanatics, and this is the expression uh, RT PCR real time PCR uh, expression of the VMAT two gene over here. We have individuals. So, so, so let, let me complete. So, over here, we have uh, individuals who are not particularly uh, fundamentalists, not particularly religious, and you can see there's a, a much reduced uh, expression of, of this particular gene, the, the VMAT2 uh, gene. Uh, another evidence that, that supports our, our hypothesis for the development of, of, of this um, approach. Uh, so what, he, what so he's saying that the because this person has a preponderance of this VMAT2 gene, uh, that they're more, much more prone to be a religious fundamentalist. And this is abnormal whether in whatever it religion it would occur in, and this is under the guise of, of curing Muslim religious fundamentalism, the people that strap on nail bombs and go blow up, you know, innocent people. And this is the excuse that they're using. Okay. Again, those very same people our government is literally funding. Okay. And although we'll go over there and say, oh, we just, you know, bombed ISIS. Again, we're on both sides of the equation. We want to control both sides of that narrative. The government's classic for doing that type of be of behavior. They they appear as the good guys on one side, but on the on the dark side, they're actually funding them. And we proved that over with ISIS um, in some previous teachings. I mean, it, it's pretty easy to prove. Just here is by, by, by spreading this virus, we're going to eliminate individuals from dying on a bomb vest and going into a market and blowing up the market. So, our, our hypothesis... So, I think you said by spreading this virus. So, I don't know if this is a virus they're releasing through this through this uh, fun vax, which it is a fun vaccination. I don't know why... Anyway, um, he says, are we going to be able to, by spreading this virus, are we going to prevent people from strapping on nail bombs and going and blowing people up? This one guy from the audience is asking. The hypothesis is that these are fanatical people, uh, that they have overexpression of the VMAT2 gene, and that by vaccinating them against this, we'll eliminate this behavior. Uh, this would be given to every single person that would identify themselves as a Christian. To, and again, that's what I'm saying. You have no idea... What you're getting in a vaccine. <laughs> I don't care if it's a tetanus shot. I don't know what they're putting in there anymore. Even if you were able to get a hold of the, um, the, the flyer that, just, that tells you what's in it, who knows what they're really putting in there at this point? Who knows what ingredients may be undisclosed? So we have some, some very, very uh, remarkable data in this next slide. Uh, here we have two uh, brain scans. These are fMRIs. Uh, these are two different individuals with different levels of expression of VMAT2. Uh, on top, 
uh, is an individual who's a religious fanatic, an individual, and we've repeated this numerous times, that, that uh, has uh, high levels of EMAT2. Now, um, this individual down here who had low levels... Now, if you're, if you're looking at, at this, you're actually seeing the slide, and you can actually, uh, if, you're, if you want to uh, watch this, I give you the link... In the PDF, you can actually look at this. Of the BMAT2 gene, this individual would uh, self-describe as, as, as not particularly religious. In, in each case, uh, these individuals were, were read a religious text. Uh, this individual uh, light lit up um, the, the right middle frontal gyrus uh, shown here. And uh, that's a part of the brain that's associated with theory of mind. So he's showing what part of the brain lit up in the patient that had a abnormally high VMAT2 gene expression. It's a, it's a different part that's lit up in the in, in the other uh, MRI type slide they're showing. Okay, so he's trying to show the difference between two, and because he can show a difference, he's saying that we can correct this this error in gene expression through this vaccine is where, where he's going with this. Uh, it's a part of the brain that, that uh, has to do with intents and, and beliefs and, and desires. Uh, in contrast, in marked contrast, here's an individual who would uh, not particularly uh, self-describe as, as religious. And when they're read a religious text, <clears throat> what you see is that this part of the brain called the anterior insula lights up. This is a part of the brain that's associated with with disgust or displeasure on hearing something. Uh, so you're suggesting they like, take a CT? Uh, it'd probably be like a, I mean, I don't know, like a gay person, you read them the Bible, and um, some of the things, you know, and they're going to express, express disgust. If it's anything that would be in condemnation of their lifestyle. That's kind of how I would think that would work out. Scan with me when I'm uh, evaluating people to determine whether they're putting bullets in their head. So, so, um... So the guy says, well, what am I supposed to do? Take an MRI scan with me to uh, evaluate a person so I can determine on whether to put a bullet in their head? The very, very, uh, very, very, um, I don't know, like, chillingly heartless questions coming from this. I think it's one guy that's asking most of these questions. But, hey, these, this is high-level Pentagon stuff we're seeing here. And I think this is how they view things, as very matter-of-fact, and that, that was the question he asked the guy. So you'll hear his response now. The, the data that I'm presenting here uh, supports uh, the, the concept that, that we're proposing. Uh, and I think that uh, we would not propose to do uh, CT scans or fMRIs on, on individuals out in the hinterlands of, of Afghanistan. The virus would immunize against this VMAT2 gene, and that would... So it is a virus. A virus that will immunize against a VMAT2 gene that, that is preponderance, has a preponderance in people that have expressed religious type behavior. A, a virus that you would be infected with so that you wouldn't think a certain way anymore? Yeah, that's exactly what they're talking about. That's not evil, I don't know what is. Would have the effect that you see here, which is it's essentially to turn a fanatic into a, a, a normal person. And we think that will have a normal satanic person, one that would disp that would a normal satanic person, one that would experience disgust at the reading of the Bible is what he's basically saying. He said a religious text, 
So somebody that was read the Bible would be would express disgust, and obviously there's no way they could possibly get saved if they had literally had their genetics modified to the point of not, I don't know, I mean, let's face it, what was Genesis 6 all about? Corrupting the gene pool of mankind, and it got so bad that God had to destroy the whole earth, which is not debatable. He did. He had to destroy the whole earth. The ones that weren't, the only ones that probably weren't corrupted were Noah, the eight there on the ark, and the animals that got on the ark. It got so bad. Well, what are they doing here? They're trying to mess and corrupt our DNA with this virus through a vaccination. So this was back in 05. Imagine what they've got today. Major effects in the Middle East. How would you suggest that this is going to be dispersed? So the guy asked, how do you, how do you suggest that this could be dispersed, this literal vaccine? Well, so, so the, the present uh, plan and the tests that we've done so far um, have used uh, uh, respiratory viruses, uh, such as flu or, or uh, rhinoviruses. Respiratory viruses? You mean something airbound? Airborne? Something that could be aerosolized, maybe like in chemtrails, or maybe people would be infected with it, or maybe just even vaccinated and they would aerosolize it and infect everyone around them. It sounds like that's very viable, a very a, a, a easily viable way that they could infect people with this virus and never ever have to disclose what the virus is actually really doing. It's just so funny. It seems like humanity is really... Really acting a whole lot different lately since since we got chemtrail last Wednesday or or since everybody started taking that that vaccine that Ebola vaccine or the new flu shot everybody seems like they're really acting different they seem like they're acting really apathetic and like they really don't care about God anymore or or have any conscience of sin or whatever huh I wonder if there's any correlation and uh, we believe that that's a satisfactory way to get the exposure of the largest uh, part of the population. Most of us, of course, have, ha- have been exposed to both of those viruses. And, and we're, we're quite confident that, that this will be a, a, a very successful uh, approach. This is fascinating. What's the name of this proposal? So the, the guy says, this is fascinating. What's the name of this proposal? Yeah, so, so the name of this project is FunVax, which is the vaccine for religious fundamentalism. And you have a proposal already? The proposal uh, has just been submitted, and I think that the data that I have shown you today would, would support uh, the, the development of, of this project, and we think it has great promise. <laughs> so there's, there's one of the things that goes on behind closed doors. Um, good old fun vax. It's the funnest vaccination you'll ever receive, and the last one you'll ever need. A one-way trip to hell. Anyway, sorry. I'm not saying that if you were saved, it would make you unsaved. I'm just saying that, you know, this is not something you want to mess around with, obviously. And there's a lot of agendas afoot, obviously, regarding this. And a lot of different ways that this could be worked by Satan to corrupt our DNA. And, um, you know... That's why I am just so against the whole vaccine concept. It is such an evil, wicked, satanic 
agenda straight from the pit of hell and will be used for the demise of humanity, body, soul, and spirit on multiple levels. And I really believe it's going to start with these, with these vaccines. And so, you know, I don't know how long, much longer we have on, on air. Who knows? We might have another two years. I don't know. But literally, if things start to ramp up, which they could, I mean, let's face it, all it's going to take is a hundred cities coming back, or less than that, and saying, we've got an Ebola patient. And when that spread is being confirmed, and the, 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 um, the lamestream media is admitting to it, things could get very, we could be moving to more of a lockdown situation very, very quickly. Travel restrictions, medical martial law, troops on the street, vaccines being rolled out, not being able to do business unless you have your, you know, show me your papers type of thing, and then ultimately not being able to do business unless you've been a good little Nazi and taken your your uh, satanic devil vaccine. And get, you'll get that nice full frontal lobotomy and be protected from Ebola. So it's kind of a dual fun thing to have, you know, uh, at your disposal. But that's how bad I really believe and uh, it, it's getting here and what is on Satan's agenda regarding this whole Ebola fiasco. So that's all I have for today. Um, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time you've given us, Lord, for letting us come together again to uh, explore these things, Lord. I do pray, God, that whatever your will uh, is regarding this teaching, regarding wherever your your truth is being put forth, Lord, I, I do pray, God, you bless it. I pray, God, you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, that, that you would put the right people, Lord, in front of this information, that humanity, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, in as much as it be your will, would act upon this, that they would, that this wicked, evil agenda would be exposed, that you would deactivate this Ebola virus, Lord, whether it's, whether it's something that the government has spread on purpose, which is what I think it is, whether it's a natural strain, whether it's a weaponized strain, whatever it may be, I pray to God, in the name of Jesus Christ, if it be your will, you would deactivate this Ebola plague that is coming upon humanity. If it be your will, Lord, I do pray, God, for the body of Christ, for my listeners, for the innocent, Lord, and that you would protect them in the days and times coming, that you would use them mightily for your glory, that they would be educated, Lord, that you open the doors no man can shut, and shut the doors no man can open, regarding the will you have and the plans you have for each of us, respectively, that we would not act out of fear of man, God, but fear of God, and, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and understanding and knowledge, and that you would give us the fear of God, because those things are connected to that. And the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him, and delivereth them. And that no plague would come nigh our dwelling, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. That you would show us where you want us to go, Lord, what provisions you want us to stock up on, how you want us to protect our families, Lord. That you would make that abundantly clear, Lord. Um, I just pray to God for your divine intervention in, in uh, all of our lives, Lord. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us. 
and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.